So here's the thing, entrepreneurs, leaders, salespeople, we all want to create consistent, repeatable, and scalable ways to grow our business and our income. And we want to do it better, faster, and more seamlessly. Why? So we can actually enjoy our lives, take vacations, and spend the quality time we want with the people that we love. How do we do all this without spending a fortune or running ourselves ragged? That's the big question, and this show is dedicated to the answer. So today, this session is all about you being able to lead generate effectively and being able to convert. Everyone just say, I'm a lean, mean, converting machine. Good, right? And each one of these great panelists that I brought up, I'm going to bring them up. I chose them for a specific reason. I chose them because they each have developed a very strong niche. They developed a leg of their business that they are incredibly effective at, right? That they have built their business around. And you know what? Here's the thing I want you guys to understand is this, is it really only takes, you don't have to be good at everything. Do you guys? No, I want you to think about that. Like if you're trying to be good at everything, then you're going to be a generalist, and generalists never make as much money as a specialist, whether you're a real estate agent or whether you're a doctor. You guys agree with me on this? Okay, beautiful. And each one of these individuals are making, you know, millions of dollars, over a million dollars, right? And not all of it coming from their specific lead gen source that they're talking about, but that is the core for every single one of them. So I would like to bring up Mr. Trey Willard, Miss Gia Silva, Miss Wendy Walker, and Nazar Kalaji, who are going to give you guys the keys to the kingdom. Let's clap it up for them. Come on, guys. So here, here's how we're going to go, guys. For six minutes, for about five or six minutes, I'm going to hand the, phone or the uh, mic over to each one of them. And each one of them is going to take you through a little bit about who they are, background history, very short. And then they're going to tell you what their primary lead source is and ultimately what it is that they do in that lead source to A, generate leads, and B, to be able to convert them more effectively than any of their competitors. They're probably also going to share with you some of the mistakes. Would you guys like to know the mistakes that they've made along the way? Yeah, see, because I think if, they, if we can learn from their mistakes, then it means that we don't have to, we don't have to make the same ones. And that's the beauty of hearing people who are a little bit further along the path. So I'm going to hand the mic over to Mr. Trey Willard. Everyone say, hello, Trey. So Trey, you got six minutes, man. Six, six minutes is going to go quick. Uh, Trey Willard, I am a real estate agent in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm also a coach for Tom Ferry Organization, and I'm also a client. So uh, I've been through the entire gamut and uh, continue to do so. So um, I've been in the real estate industry since 2010, kind of the mid to latter part of the year. Uh, first year I was in the business, I was a buyer's agent uh, for a team, 36 transactions, rookie of the year with Keller Williams. Did that for about two years, kind of outgrew my position as a, uh, a buyer's agent and got asked to be a lead agent at a smaller boutique brokerage. Did that for a few years, recently merged with uh, Berkshire Hathaway. I have a team. Uh, I have an, an amazing team, uh, and right now we have myself, uh, lead listing specialist, CEO. I have uh, four buyer agents, which will onboard two more when we get back, which is awesome. So the team's growing. Listing coordinator and a, a transaction coordinator. So that's the business. Uh, I specialize in uh, repeat. How many, really quick, how many homes are you guys going to sell? So our, our goal this year, and I actually brought the numbers because I think this is a, really important, and if you don't track your numbers, then you should really track your numbers. Otherwise, <laughs> you, you won't know this, but... Um, we set a goal this year to do a million dollars in gross commissions and 177 units or 40 million, 42 million in gross commissions. 
Um, one of the things I'm having to do is over, I have to get over the units because we don't get paid on units, we get paid on volume. So my average sales price, which was 211, is 250, right under 250, 255 this year. So we've gone up average sales price, commissions are a little higher, so I don't have to do 177 units to make a million dollars, which is awesome. Uh, but we're right now, so far, pending and closed this year, we're at 100. So um, yeah, which is awesome. Just under 500,000 in gross commission. So if things continue to move in the trajectory that we're going, I think we'll do, um, we'll hit our goal. If, if we're not at a million, we'll be right under a million. And then we're building the team so we can leverage, you know, further into uh, next year and, and, and just moving forward and just keep building. So what's your primary lead gen source? You're going to so, tell us about today. Yes. So primary lead source is um, sphere of influence past <laughs> clients, <laughs> repeat referral business, whatever you guys want to call it, however you want to look at it. Um, that is accounts for more than 70% of all of our business. So I, ha I have some numbers. Again, I think it's important. Um, so I broke it down into three different categories. So we have a sphere of influence referral, which means someone in my sphere of influence called me or had someone call me and say, you need to call Trey and his team. You need to work with these guys. 29 transactions closed year to date, 191,000 in uh, closed commissions. Uh, we've had five past clients do business with us again this year so far, 38,000 in commissions. I've had five people from my sphere of influence basically contact me and say, hey, we want to work with you um, just because we know you, we like you, and we trust you. So that's awesome. So that's another 38,000 in, in, um, in gross commission. So like I said, year to date, uh, 500, um, just under 500 uh, closed. We have another 170,000 pending, um, which, which is also $260,000 in uh, sphere of influence referrals, uh, which is pretty amazing. So. Beautiful. So how do you do it? Right? Like, like, give us two, three, like, specific processes that you follow because, hey, guys, like, in an area where average sales price is $220,000, right? $220,000. For some of you, that's a car, right? Okay? But at two twenty, for him to have and be pacing $700,000 off of that one lead source is absolutely fantastic. So give us the, tr the, the process that you follow really quick. So if any, if any of you guys saw me speak at Summit last year, um, I'm going to change that up. I don't want it to be recycled content. Bill and I did a real success. We get super, super deep. That's on YouTube, so look it up. We get really deep on like a real process. Um, what's cool about today is it's a, it's a digital world that we live in, right? So the way that we used to communicate with people has changed significantly. So there's no, like, just calling people doesn't necessarily always work, right? Some people prefer to be text. Some people prefer to, to communicate via maybe Facebook Messenger, maybe Instagram um, Messenger. There's lots and lots of different channels. So what we have to do as a team and what we've been successful at is we try to hit them from every different channel that we know that they're, they're on, right? So, you know, the younger people typically like to be text, right? Or they like video messages, right? So what we do is we have a, a inevitably I, I ripped off the 33 touch from the MREA and I've built my own. So it, it, it's a combination of, of we do still mail things because I think it's important. So how many do, times a year do so you guys quarterly mail? every quarter we send mailers and it could be a social proof. It could be a CMA. We're sending out our magnets this year. Uh, Louisiana State University and uh, New Orleans Saints football schedules. Our clients freaking love them. They'll stay on their refrigerator until next year when the next one comes and they'll put it back up. So my face, right, top of mind awareness every time those guys go to the refrigerator, which is pretty awesome. Um, aside from that, we do, uh, so mailers, quarterly calls, right? And again, depending on how your, quarter, how your, your, your system's set up, I could call four or five times around client events, 
reverse pot buys. Um, I mean, really anything. Happy birthday. I've gotten a ridiculous amount of phenomenal uh, feedback from video messages. And literally, and look, I have BombBomb. I, I highly recommend them. But I'm telling you guys, it is as simple as taking your phone and saying, you know, Bill, what's up, brother? Trey Willard here. Dude, happy birthday. Man, I hope you have a stellar day, and I cannot wait to connect with you soon. Send. I mean, it's literally that simple. And then on this, because when you call these people, I think everybody's looking for the, the perfect script, right? Yeah, like, totally. wow, what's the perfect script? How do I call my people in my sphere? You know, I'm so nervous. I don't know what to say. So I use the Ford script. Again, you guys probably heard me say it. Family, occupation, recreation. If you happen to make it to dreams, that's pretty awesome. But for the most part, the conversation will always reciprocate. Well, how's work for you? Perfect segue into, well, the market's amazing. You know, let me tell you more about it. Or did you have any specific questions about the market? You know, it could be a home valuation or whatever it may be. So um, the, the conversations are easy. We got to get out of our own head and stop thinking that these people don't want to hear from us or they're too busy or whatever. I mean, do you guys get upset when your friends call to check on you and see how you're doing and they're authentic and genuine about it, right? So, so it's, I don't know. So you guys got to get out of your own head, get out of your own way and start making those calls. So I think the calls are super, super important. The mailers are important. Do a few client appreciation events, right? So we do, we're doing two, two a year now. But probably the one that I have the most success with is a reverse pot buy where we buy king cakes for our clients and we just invite them. They come to the office. It's a face-to-face -face, uh, connection. What do you, what do you guys buy? King cakes. So if, if I'm not going to, I don't have enough time to tell you guys about them. Just Google, Google that shit. <laughs> uh, like, what the hell is a king cake? Right, yeah, so. yeah just, just look it up. It's a, new, <laughs> it's a traditional New Orleans cake. It's, it's uh, again, so look it up. You can do pies. You can do brownies. I don't care what you do. Just do something, right? Yes. And uh, that's, I mean, that's pretty much the system. They get an email from us once a month uh, with some sort of marketing, uh, video marketing. So whether it's a market report or whether it's, uh, um, hey, here's some things you can do to get your house ready for, for the spring. You know, just lots of, you know, there's lots of content. I mean, Tom gave us, I don't know, how many examples today? I mean, stuff like that, right? Yeah. So find some content that you're going to record, send it out to your people monthly so you're staying top of mind. Biggest mistake that you've made that you want to make sure that these guys don't make? Start doing it right now. Don't wait. Don't put it off because tomorrow will be here tomorrow and then you'll put it off and you'll put it off again. So start now. I, I tell people all the time, right? Um, Darren Hardy, The Compound Effect. Probably like one of the books that has had the most, um, I guess, influence on me of all the books I read, right? So it's just doing the little unsexy things over and over and over and over and over again. And then you're in a position, you know, eight years later in the business, right? You've got a team, you know, you've got amazing uh, team members, amazing clients. And like, I literally get come list me calls all the time. I mean, I'm carrying 27 listings right now. I have no for sale by owner or expired marketing plan. I legit, we have like four lead pillars. Sphere of influence, past clients, I guess one. Uh, online lead generation. We have investors and we have builders. I mean, that, that's, you can build a very scalable, repeatable business with four to six lead sources. And really, three of those are all database. That's Investor, right. builders, yes. and uh, your past uh, clients and yeah. sphere are and all vendors, builders. Vendors, a lot of agent-to-agent -agent referrals and even lender referrals. We get a ton of that. Do, do me a favor. Look yes. down at Nazar and say, are you taking notes? Are you taking notes? Okay, good. Because I coach Nazar, right man. So, like, the red-headed stepchild is your database, man. So, like, if you added this, holy shit, imagine oh, what would man. happen. So, okay. So, guys, I had Wendy 
on this panel for a specific reason, right? And it isn't specifically for lead source, it's luxury. She is the number, what's your, what is your ranking? We're the number one team for our company in the state of Arizona. Number one team for their company in the state of Arizona. She sells uh, in an area called Paradise Valley. What I want, how many of you want to have larger listings, bigger commission checks, and increase your volume doing the same amount of business that you're doing, like same number of, of transactions that you're doing right now? So, Wendy, lay some knowledge on them on how you have done this and what they can do in terms of generating like a luxury leg of their business. So my team consists of myself. I have three full-time agents and then we have two admin. Our admin are our office manager that handles our transactions and all of our office duties. And then we also have a full-time uh, marketing specialist, marketing manager. Um, our goal this year, I always talk about commission too. Bill and I arm wrestle over this because he wants numbers and I want to know money. <laughs> but um, our, we, last year we sold, uh, our, our gross commission was a million five. This year we're looking to be somewhere right around two million. Beautiful. Awesome. Um, so we have nine lead generation sources. Oh, and I have to say, one of my agents is in the back, Wendy Ortiz. So we have two Wendy's on the team, which actually is quite nice for me because she can step into my shoes very quickly by using her own name. Um, <laughs> so we do handle Paradise Valley in Scottsdale. Our average sales price is right around 1.3. Um, we have nine lead generation sources. Um, I'm going to talk about three of them. The first one is our sphere of influence, of course. I've been in the business 20 years. Collectively on our team, we've probably got about 50 years. So we do um, have some depth and breadth and knowledge in just having um, some seasonality in our marketplace. But I want to share with you one thing that we did do this year. We do the client parties and gatherings and things like that. But without being repetitive, I'll share one that we did this year that was um, very high end and cost very little money. We had three contemporary hillside homes that ranged between $1.5 and $8 million. And so we did a progressive tour for our clientele. We collaborated with um, a local high-end car company that was launching their 2018 cars that had not been released yet. And so um, we met with the car company. They invited their top 250 clients, which most of them were not my clients. We invited our top 250 clients. They um, provided the cars the shuttles, because Hillside Homes, you have to shuttle them. So they got shuttled in the nice, new, beautiful cars. And we started out at the first home with um, cocktails and um, appetizers that was sponsored by our title company. Then they went to the second home, which was kind of the staple home, which was our evening, sunset, beautiful Hillside, $8 million home. We had a private chef there. Um, most of the most of the folks spent the time at that home, and then they ended up at the last home, which we had um, espresso, coffee, and desserts. Um, it was total out of our pocket. We ourselves provided the list, we provided the homes, and we um, got beautiful, beautiful invitations that were quite expensive. But it made a statement, and we got a wonderful turnout, 
and total for our team, it cost less than $500. What? Because the car company provided the shuttle service, the car company provided the, the, um, uh, the chef and all the food, and they also gave little swag bags away as well because, of course, they wanted to be in front of our top 250 clients just as much as we wanted to be in front of their top 250 clients. So that turned out to be a very nice event that cost us very little. So there's lots of ways that you could spin that. But in the high end, it's hard sometimes to get the clients out and because they're invited to so many um, different events. And so that was one that for our top sphere of people, our, our A clientele, we did really well on that event. Awesome. I love it. Mm -hmm. So if they're breaking into luxury, right? Or if they're breaking into, and that luxury could mean 500,000 for certain individuals that are in this room, and it could mean, you know, two or three million. What would the three bits of advice be that you would give them in terms of being able to break into luxury and convert those leads over, convert that business over as well too? So I've, um, I've actually, in fact, you've asked me to talk with several people who have tried to do this in their marketplaces. I'm Darren Lingell, I don't know if he's here, but he was one of them that I, I shared several years ago at one of the summits, and he's done an incredible job. He said, you know, I'm doing really well in the lower end, but I, wanna, I don't know anybody in the higher end. I don't have any listings in the higher end. Everyone kind of pigeonholes me in this lower end. And so um, I encourage him just to start very small, Pick a neighborhood. My personal farm neighborhood is about 200. It's guard-gated. Um, I do bribe the guards. I give them money. I, um, <laughs> I um, give them gifts at Christmas. Um, I'll have my assistant just drop off something to them in the middle of the day, like ice cream or anything, just to stay top of mind with the guards. Um, the guards know everything that's going on in that community. And when people, my market is a second home market primarily. So they don't know as many realtors as you might think that they do. And so I start with very small there. I send a very nice monthly high end. It's not a, it looks brochure-ish, it folds open, but it's called, the, the community is called Clearwater Hills. So it says Clearwater Hills Lifestyle on the front of it. It's always a beautiful shot, just like a magazine. It's one of my listings that's in there. Um, I talk a little bit about the listing in there. And then on the back side, it's something pertinent, like five reasons to sell your home in the middle of the summer or something like that. So I get a lot of readership on that. It's very expensive. That's about almost $2,000 a month for that nice high end. But they do keep it. Whenever I go on the listing appointments, I always see it on their coffee table. Um, so I say top of mind there. Of course, my signs are always in there. But another person to really stay in close contact with in Schmooze is the Homeowners Association president and or manager. I get more referrals. I probably got this year somewhere between 15 and 20 referrals just from that one person in that community. Beautiful. Um, so that's another um, way to really start small. Um, similar, I, I don't know, you, Kyle Whistle talks about doing the, the open houses. I always, we don't do open houses that much in the high end, especially in this community, but we always do an open house just for the residents. So what we do is we all, uh, my team is together. We carry around our little notebooks that we have hidden. Um, I know every 
person's name, last name in there. I write little notes about them whenever they come through. And so I can always revert back to something personal that I know about them. Oh, how, how are your children doing? Last time I saw you, they were graduating, and where did they go to school? Or where did, what university did they select? It really goes, that really goes a long way. Um, and we do it very, very, very high end, and we stay on the front exclusive only for the neighbors. And so they feel very comfortable coming in to meet with us. And then, of course, we see them on a consistent basis because there's certain Beautiful. ones that just like to do that. So one last question for you, and then we're going to pop Ted Nazar. Closing and converting someone who is a multimillionaire, because obviously someone you know, who's buying a million or $2 million house right, has a much higher net worth, clearly, right? Um, what is the, the hack or the secret or the thing that these guys need to be prepared to do or, or know in order to be able to close someone like that, a lead like that? Mm -hmm. The very number one thing is confidence. You have to go in there very confident. You're not asking for their business. I don't ever ask for business. In fact, I always flip it around and say that I'm interviewing them just the same as they're interviewing me and that I don't take every listing and I'm not afraid to say no. A lot of times when you're a newer agent and you get an opportunity to list a million dollar plus home, you'll just take it. Um, I do not, and I share that very quickly up front. It takes them a little bit off guard because they're used to everyone saying yes to them. And then they say, well, why wouldn't you want to list my home? Mm. And the minute you share with them and you kind of pull the carpet out from under them and say, well, I don't take every listing and this has to be... Um, a win-win for both of us. The pricing has to be appropriate and we have to have that level of um, trust and confidence in each other. But you have to have, you have to go in with a confident face and how you become, I think, the most confident is knowledge. So knowing your, I don't want to call comps, but knowing your numbers, knowing um, pre being prepared to handle those objections and not being afraid to say no, I think is comp is the key to was definitely the key and game changer in my business. Brilliant, love it. So when you think of farming, this should be the man that pops up in your head. Like in Wikipedia, like farming would have a picture of of Nazar next to him, right? So Nazar, you crush it. Right, we have we have we lean on you so much in, in terms of farming, and brother, it would be a huge miss if I didn't put you on stage here. Can you tell them a little bit about you, your team, and then let's get into how you work the farm and how you convert the leads over from the farm? Okay, cool. Uh, so Nazar Kalaji with Provident Real Estate. Um, we're in Eastwood, California, which is in Riverside County, and um, you know I'm gonna I want to really give them like a lot of meat, so I'm just gonna skip a lot of that stuff. I mean we. Um, you know, we're on pace to do uh, 250 transactions this year. Our average price point's between 450 to $500,000. Um, so just to give you kind of perspective, we're on track for that. Um, so for me, there's two different groups of people in this world. A group of people that you know, right, that they just finished talking about, that I don't talk to. And then you have <laughs> the other group of people, other people that you do know or you don't know, right? And that group is a lot larger. And so for, for someone like me that can't sell two homes and make, you know, two million dollars a year, I've got to sell a lot of houses to, to make it worth my while. And so because of that, I rely heavily on this group of people that I don't know. And I know that's, you know, we'll, we'll talk about the other group later. Um, and so if you're going to attack this group of people that you don't know, then obviously where you live geographically is, a, is an easy and simple way of doing that. Now before, if you talked to me like four years ago, I would say that the best way to do it is only postcards. But I've noticed over the years that that alone is not 
going to get you what you want, right? You have to be, as Tom would put it, or as Bill, you have to be the mayor of your city or your farm. You have to be that person that's the go-to for any and all information. I know it seems daunting, but it's pretty easy to do. But postcards are a big component of that as well. The biggest thing um, in the postcards that is very, very important for most people, at least for our our clients is the statistics and information you give them. If you give them garbage, right, if you just say, hire me, I'm special, right, hire me, look at my pretty face, no one cares. They don't care about that stuff. They want social proof, they want statistics, they want data, right? I walk into clients, I've been farming for, gosh, maybe seven, eight years now, so I've been doing it for a while, and I'll walk into clients' homes uh, where they're asking me to come talk to them about some of their home, and they'll have my postcards for years collected on their dash. And, but they don't keep the ones that are like the social proofs. They don't keep the fluff ones, even though we send those out. They don't keep the just listed, just sold. All that goes in the trash. What they keep is our data. And they follow that data religiously every single month. Okay, so that's so, so important. I've got examples I can uh, share with you guys if you guys want. And so that's huge. That's like your you know, bread and butter, if you will. Um, we farm to 20,000 homes. Um, and we do that twice a month. We have the, you know, the stats from one, one month, and then the other, the other postcard that goes out will be like a social proof. Hey, look what you know, Jill and, and John sold their house, and this is the experience they had in their Zillow review that's a t as a associated with that. Um, hey, Nazar, really yes. quick. Like, guys, he, he's, he's blowing through when he says social proof. You should know the social proof pieces that Nazar does are insane. They're not just like, hey, I sold this house. The last one that I saw is one of your competitors came, showed up at Summit, brought it, and said, I brought one of Nazar's pieces. This is amazing. I had to keep it. It was a picture of a baby, right? Big picture of a baby's face, the big smile, and said, Nazar just sold my mom and dad's house, right? <laughs> Like that piece. So like yeah. you're doing really unique slants on the social proof, right? Absolutely. Again, um, like we can really dive deep at it some other time, but uh, since we have short enough time, I'll share with you guys some of my pitfalls. You guys want to know? Okay. <laughs> so these pitfalls cost, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. So take notes very well. One, <laughs> do not, and I repeat, do not start a farm you cannot finish. Okay. Now, Raise your hands. How many people saw me at the Tom X like several years back? So just, to, okay, not a lot of you. All right, watch you guys. In farming, you have frequency. You have consistency. If you're, if you're not farming at a minimum of twice a month, don't do it. Okay? Don't do it. If you are not going to commit to a farm, I used to say six months, but in today's age, it really is closer to a year and a half. Don't do it. And also, don't do a farm of, no, no offense at all, but don't do a farm that is small, that doesn't give you the results that you're looking for to make it worth your money. Everyone's looking for an investment. We're, it's all about ROI, isn't it? So if you farm an area, I don't care how small it is, and in that farm, only 10 homes sell a year, and you want to sell 30 homes, that's not going to work. You're not going to get 100% of the transactions or 300%, right? It's just not gonna happen. So do the math, it's simple. Therefore, if you wanna sell 50 homes a year or 20 homes a year or in a luxury market, two homes a year and that's enough for you, make sure your market 
and your farm is large enough to handle the capacity of what you're looking for. Also, mind you, that when you're farming 15, 20, 30, 40,000 homes, you're not going to get 30% market share. It's just not going to happen, right? The percentage of market is going to go down as you increase your farm, but that's irrelevant because now you get more, more transactions, right, if that makes any sense. And so do the numbers, and then when you do the numbers, you say, okay, if I want to sell 10 homes a year, and that's going to equate to for me to have a farm of, let's say, 20 or let's say 2,000 homes, right? Because you want to get at least a 10% market share. And you can't afford, you don't have enough money in your bank account to afford to do that farm for a year and a half or even a year, let's say, without anything coming back to you, then don't start that farm. Now, you guys have heard of sweat equity and check equity, right? If you, got, if you can't afford a check equity, you could go to sweat equity. There's things that you can do in a farm that would allow you to be able to still make that impression, but not at cost as much. First of all, you don't have to send mailers in the mail. There's people that go super fancy at you know, first class mail. Um, then you have EDDM, which we, we, that's what we use. You also have straight up on their door, right? You can put stuff in their, in their, uh, their uh, the, they can't put in the mailbox, but you can put it on their door. You can do that. You can walk that farm and do it that way as well. Watch, it's about sending up postcards, having the for sale signs, having the open house, open house signs. If you have an open house, and Joe, I don't know if you're, you're not talking about open house this time. Um, if you do an open house, if you have one listing, get 50 to 100, 150 signs and put them all out for that one listing. What's gonna happen when you do that? You have one listing, open house from 12 to 4. Obviously, you advertise it on Zillow, you advertise it in all those other places, but then you've got 150 signs all pointing to that freaking house. Right? Seems excessive? No. You have two and a half feet by three and a half feet billboards advertising who you are and what you're doing for, for the four hours or for the day or for the two days, however how long you have that, that open house sign up, okay? So as many people see your signs everywhere, in their mailbox, on the for sale sign, on the open house sign, and then we hit social media, right? If they see you on social media all the time, you have to hit them from every single angle, and that's when you get them. That's when Beautiful. you become that uh, power piece that you're looking for. Awesome. Love it, Nazar. Let's go old school. Old school. Let's go old school. Let's go sweat equity right now, yes. right? Turn yes. your partner just go, time to sweat, baby. Time to sweat, <laughs> time to sweat baby. Expireds and for sale by owners. Miss yes. Gia Silva, who like a couple years ago was not doing for sale by owners, right? No. And no, you have no. like completely transformed that. So yes. tell us about like expireds and for sale by owners really quick. I'm Gia Silva, guys, from Long Beach, California. Um, just quick numbers this year we're doing 60 transactions, 1.2 GCI. And our FISBOs and expireds are about 36% of our business. Um, I don't know if you guys were at Summit last year and heard my speech about FISBOs. Um, we also do a lot of expireds. And really, just two years ago is when I started contacting expireds and FISBOs after Tom nailed us that the market was going to be going through a correction and that we absolutely have to hustle. So I took that to heart <laughs> and got to hustle. Um, I started, I went to Sales Edge, which is absolutely super, super important in order to learn the scripts, the right, right scripts. Uh, and then with my coach, I worked to actually internalize those scripts. 
once I felt that you know I was already internalizing the scripts, I went for it and I started calling for sale by owners and expireds. Um, I failed forward a lot. Uh, there was a lot of hangups. There was a lot of you know people screaming at me. Um, if you guys have called expireds and fizbos before, you know that they're not the happiest, right? Uh, and so for me, it was always the challenge. For me, it was always going from someone who absolutely hates realtors to, wow, you're unbelievable. And that for me was just everything. To be able to prove to a seller that had you know, their home expired or someone that was trying to sell on their own, to really know that there are really great agents. There are really valuable agents out there. Um, so I went for it and started calling them. And some of the things that I really wanted to do and, and really wanted to master was DISC, was the DISC profiles. So that as soon as they're on the phone and I'm hearing their tonality and their rate of speech, I'm right there in rapport with them. And a lot of the times when I'm on the phone with them, I hear something like, you sound very different, right? Or even when I leave them a voicemail, nine out of 10 times they will call me back just because of the voicemail that I left. Um, which I can share with all of you as well. And, and, then, you know, and then just getting the actual appointment. My goal is to get face to face with them. I wanna be face to face with them. And when I'm face to face with them, all I'm doing is building rapport. I'm building rapport, I'm having them walk me through the house. And um, may I share one of the secrets now, Bill? Yeah, yeah? I want, okay. yeah wanna hear one of the secrets? Okay. Yes. So one of the secrets for me, and this has been like, testing, right? Testing um, when I want to ask for the business, when I want to keep nurturing somebody who's very amiable or very analytical. Uh, so it's key. It's key for you guys to really master the disc and know personalities. For me, it's really what's really worked is creating mystique when in discovery. So let me explain that. And that's happening a lot with expireds as well. So um, I am, when I'm face to face with a for sale by owner or an expired, I wanna know absolutely everything. I wanna be in discovery mode. So I wanna know, you know, what, if it's an expired, what happened before, and number one, what was their motivation for selling at that time, right? So that I can bring back that motivation. Uh, for sale by owners, same thing. I wanna know their time frame until they hire a powerful agent like myself. Nice. Um, you know, just, Everything to really be in rapport and to know where they come from uh, and then and, and give them some mystique about it. I don't want, I've heard agents that will hold open houses for, for sell by owners. They will bring them things. I don't do any of that. I don't bring them anything. I don't hold for sell by, I don't hold their open houses. I want them to learn the hard way that it's not easy to, do, to try to do it, right? It's not. So I will say things when they ask me questions about you know, how much my property is worth or how much do you charge or anything. I will say something like, I can't wait to share that with you. you know? So things like that, things that, that will just create that mystique for them to look me up when I leave, you see? And it's a lot of nurturing. There is definitely the, you know, the, the for sale by owner or the expired that is the driver. And so you really have to know when to ask for the business because they, not know, they don't know it sometimes, but they're all interviewing, right? For sale by owners are interviewing, expireds are interviewing. They just don't know it. They're just kind of waiting for that agent to guide them. Do you leave a voicemail? For I them? do. 
Okay, and you, you said that it's a really good voicemail. So what is it's the okay. voicemail that you leave? You guys want to find out? All right. Yeah. Hello, my phone number is 562-572-4978. My name is Gia Silva with NT Realty. And I see that you have a property for sale in Lakewood, California. I would love a chance to preview it for one of my qualified buyers that may be interested. I am not looking to waste your time. I will just need about 10 to 15 minutes to stop at the property and let's see if it's a match for one of my buyers. That's it, simple. And what do they call you back? They do. Okay, like what percentage do you think calls you back? 85%. 85%. And that's the goal. Now, the goal. you know what I love you said is I want them to fail on their own. I want them to experience that. So obviously, you know, Fisber who's here says it's 47 days for a for sale by owner before they actually list. Take us through really quick the key points to like what makes your follow-up so effective. Okay, so my follow-up sometimes include a video with my collection of for sale by owner signs. So I will send a bomb bomb video with a couple of signs that I have in the background, uh, and I'll just share some stories as well. I will also send, I don't know if you guys saw the video from last year's summit on one of my for sale by owners testimonials, which is awesome. So I will do a bit.ly link of that um, and send it off to them so they can see it after our first meeting if I have not yet booked the listing appointment. And, and just keep in touch with them. And it's usually, you know, they're right. It's usually about 30 to 45 days for conversion. Good. And you got to know that. Otherwise, you give up too soon. Yeah. All right. Exactly. Um, any other secret tips on converting these guys? Oh, you know, be yourself and, and just be, be there to bring value. Like, just be there to really get to know why they're trying to sell on their own, why they're so pissed that their house failed to sell if they're an expired. Um, just... Really be in discovery mode when you're there. Like, really want to find out why they are where they're at and what was their motivation in the beginning. Um, and if it's a for sale by owner, it's all about your time frame. So get them to tell you what's their time frame. Beautiful. I love it. Hey, guys, did you get some good stuff from these men and women? If you want more information about this episode, including my show notes, mentions, links, and everything else, make sure you visit tomferry.com slash podcast. That's tomferry.com slash podcast. Thanks again and talk to you soon.